welcome everybody to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I hope that you're having a great day because we have a jam-packed show. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Christie's Cafe, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. Great show for you today as I'm going to have Gabe Reynolds on in just a bit. But we do have high school basketball action to talk about. Michael Jordan turns 60, and the New Mexico State men's basketball team cancels their entire season. I have some thoughts about that. Let's go ahead and start this show talking about high school state playoffs in Alabama at the Bill Clark Arena in Birmingham. It was a rough day for the Auburn Tigers and Lady Tigers. Let's start with the Lady Tigers as they lose to Daphne in the first round and upset 58-48. to And then the Auburn boys basketball team fell in an upset to Fairhope 51-43. to Now on the girls bracket, Central season comes to an end after losing to Foley. 56 to 50 and the Central Red Devils boys team defeated Daphne 73 to 52. So Central will play in the second round next week. They will take on Fairhope in a regional final game on February the 22nd and tip off will be at 11:45 a.m. Got to love those early start times. The other bracket, which will kick off on the 21st, is Huntsville versus Spain Park. So this is boys 7A state tournament action. For 6A boys, Benjamin Russell fell to Pelham 68-56. Now Pelham will play Bryant in the semifinal game. Here's some of the other semifinal games for 6A. Pinson Valley is taking on Muscle Shoals. McGill Tulin takes on Park Crossing and Blunt takes on Pike Road. Blunt actually knocked off Spanish Fort. Pike Road was able to get a close win over Lanier. Some familiar faces in 6A because these are the same schools that play Russell County in their region. Over in the girls 6A bracket, Oxford beats Pell City 62-43, and they will take on Huffman in the semifinal game. You have two teams from Birmingham, A.H. Parker and Shades Valley, playing off against each other. Pelham is taking on Northridge out of Tuscaloosa. You have Hillcrest, also out of Tuscaloosa, taking on Briarwood Christian. And then you have Hazel Green taking on Mortimer. So a lot of schools that are not part of the Chattahoochee Valley in this 6A tournament. Theodore taking on Carver. And McGill Tulin taking on Park Crossing, as Park Crossing got the win over Stanhope Elmore. Now let's go to 5A. I'm going to go ahead and start with the girls bracket as the Eufaula Tigers get the win over Carroll, and they are going to take on St. Paul's Episcopal in the semifinal game. Unfortunately, the season came to an end for the Valley Rams as they lose to Silicaga. Silicaga moves on to the semifinal game to take on Mabry. Central of Clay out of Lineville was able to beat Beauregard 44-39, and they will take on Brubaker Tech in the semifinal game. 5A boys. 
the Eufaula Tigers continue winning, beating Carroll 69-62, and they will take on St. Paul's Episcopal in the second round. That game will tip off at 11.30 a.m. on February the 20th. And the Valley Rams, after beating Sylacauga on the 14th, they will play Demopolis in the semifinal game February the 20th, tip off at 2.30 p.m. All these games will be played at Bill Clark Arena down in Birmingham. Central of Clay County out of Lineville beats Tallahassee 61-53, to and they are going to take on Brubaker Tech. Now let's go to 4A Girls. As you had Hanley beat Jacksonville 56-43, to and Hanley will take on Minota on the 18th of February. 4A Boys. Booker T. Washington gets a big win over Geneva, 76-65. They're taking on Escambia County on the 18th of February. And then the Hanley Tigers fall to Jacksonville, 84-45. So here's some of the semifinal games. You have Jacksonville taking on Hansville, Etowah taking on White Plains, Corner taking on Bibb County, Hale County taking on Wilcox Central, Deschler taking on West Morgan, Haleyville taking on Westminster, Montgomery Catholic taking on Jackson, and Escambia County taking on Booker T. Washington. Now we are going to go down to 3A, starting with the 3A girls. Cottage Hill is taking on Houston, Hillcrest is taking on Op, Midfield is taking on Elkmont, Childersburg is taking on Lauderdale, Southside, Selma. Taking on St. James. Sumter is taking on Dadeville. Dadeville, which is part of the Chattahoochee Valley. They defeated Trinity Presbyterian 59-49. Piedmont taking on Geraldine. You have Glencoe taking on Plainview. And so, looking at the bracket for 3A, you still have Dadeville still in this tournament. Good luck to the Dadeville Tigers. You know, I do consider them part of the Chattahoochee Valley. All right, let's talk 3A girls. I, I know. I You got Mobile Christian taking on Houston Academy. Strawn taking on Pike County. Midfield taking on Clemens. Carbon Hill taking on Lowerdale. Sumter Central taking on Trinity Presbyterian after beating Randolph County out of Wadawi 73-16. Southside Selma taking on St. James. St. James got a big win over Beulah. Beulah out of Valley Beulah lost the game 77-28. to Then you have Glencoe taking on Susan Moore. And then Otachi taking on Plainview. Let's go over to Girls 2A because Lynette, the Lynette Panthers, who only lost two games all season long, got a big win over Ranburn 62-40. to And they will take on Pisgah. That will actually be taking place. Tomorrow, tip off at 7 as the Lynette Lady Panthers try to make a push for another state title. Some of the other action, you have Highland Home taking on Geneva County, Laverne taking on Abbeville, Sulligent taking on Decatur, Mars Hill taking on Holly Pond, Francis Marion taking on Locust Fort, Tuscaloosa taking on Cold Springs, and Pleasant Valley taking on Eider. These are regional semifinal games that will take place on February the 17th. Now let's go over to 
the 2A boys, where two teams from the Chattahoochee Valley are still standing. Lynette beat Ranburn 61-35, and they will take on San Rock tomorrow. And then Lafayette, their final season in school history. They beat Pleasant Valley 79-63, and they are taking on Pisgah. Both Lynette and Lafayette are in the same bracket. So if they both win, they're going to meet each other in a regional final game. All right, let's go down to 1A girls. 1A girls. How about those Lochapoca Indians? The Poca way is working. I know, that's an overused cliche. But I love what Lochapoca does. They have a very great athletic program. The Lady Indians do beat Calhoun 58-24, to and they are going to take on University Charter out of Livingston in the regional semifinal game, which will tip off today. So Lochapoca in action in the second round today. If you want to call it the second round, we, we could also call it the Sweet 16. And finally, the boys 1A state tournament. And I got to keep an eye on Lochapoca once again because they had a nail biter over Calhoun, 62 to 61. And they will take on Keith in the Sweet 16 game. Tip off will be today at 8 30 p.m. However, I just received word that they are going to move this to the right because of severe weather in Birmingham that just actually came out yesterday late night but they are scheduled to play Keith in the Sweet 16 time to be determined notice Salga's season came to an end after losing to Otugaville 74 to 61 but I love seeing Lochapoca still in this tournament with state tournament play going on in Alabama we might even crown a champion before the calendar turns to March Let's go over to the state of Georgia because we are still in region tournament play for Georgia. We did have some action last night. Let's start with the girls. The Shaw Lady Raiders season comes to an end, losing to Westover in the region tournament. And now the championship is set after Hardaway beating Bainbridge 57-26. to the championship is set. It is going to be Westover and Hardaway for 4A Region 1. This championship game is going to take place this Friday night on the campus of Hardaway High School. Some of the other region action, the Jordan Lady Red Jackets season comes to an end, losing to Ace Charter 71-56. to You have the Spencer girls beating Southwest 58 to 26 and you have the Harris County Lady Tigers getting a big win over McIntosh 53 to 47. Here's some of the action that's taken place today in region tournament. You have LaGrange taking on Whitewater. Shaw is all the way down in Bainbridge. They are taking on Westover. You have Manchester taking on Chatco. And the Harris County boys are taking on McIntosh. And Carver, the Carver Tigers are still in this thing. After getting an upset win over Thomasville, Carver is taking on Doherty. 
So the Carver Tigers trying to make a run in their region tournament. So action that's going to take place tomorrow. The Spencer Green Wave that's hosting their tournament, they know who they're playing. They are taking on the Northeast Raiders. That is going to be on the campus of Spencer High School. Well, the championship is set for the Carver Lady Tigers. They went undefeated in their region. They had an impressive 10-0 in 3A Region 1. And the championship game is set. This Friday, Carver versus Monroe tip off at 7 on the campus of Carver High School. And a big shout-out to MoneyBoyTV.com, who is going to be there calling the game. So with all these region games that are going to be here in Columbus this Friday, I mean, Spencer's hosting a game for the boys. you got Carver hosting a game for the girls. Hardaway is hosting a game for the girls. There is a lot of action, and it is hard to pick which game I want to go to. We had a major upset in college basketball last night, but really, was it a major upset? Tennessee was a top-10 team playing at home. They defeated Alabama 68-59. This is the second time in a school year that Tennessee has beaten Alabama when Alabama was ranked number one. Does this change my bracketology for next week? I still think Alabama's the number one seed, but it is Alabama's first SEC loss this season. With this win, I think that Tennessee is a number one seed, but they have got to play Kentucky this weekend at Rump Arena. Well, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets get a win over Virginia Tech, 77-70, and they are now 10-16 overall. A big win at McCamish Pavilion. Their next ACC contest is... On the road, taking on the Pitt Panthers next Tuesday. The Georgia Bulldogs, after getting a narrow victory over LSU, will travel to Tuscaloosa this Saturday to take on the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide, which I don't think they're going to be ranked number one for long when the new AP poll comes out on Tuesday. We have a big game tonight in Kennesaw, Georgia. Probably the biggest game on the campus of Kennesaw State in over 12 years, the Kennesaw State Owls taking on the best team in the A-Sun, the Liberty Flames. Liberty comes in 21-6. Kennesaw State is 20-7. This game is broadcasted on ESPN+. And the winner of this game is going to be in the driver's seat for the A-Sun regular season championship. Both teams are 12-2 in the conference This is a massive game, and I did a little deep dive, and I wanted to see if there was anybody out there that was covering Kennesaw State Athletics because I pretty much cover it here on this podcast. And yes, I did discover that there is a podcast out there dedicated to KSU Athletics. It's called Inside the Nest. It's pretty cool. Check it out on Apple Podcasts. So the downward spiral continues for New Mexico State basketball. I can't describe how a program can scoop so low to just cancel the season. With everything going on, they fire their head coach. With the hazing incident, they had a shooting incident a while back. With everything going on, I don't think it's fair to the kids that didn't do anything that they have to not play basketball anymore. And I think the people that are innocent – 
should get an extra year of eligibility back. This is not fair to the boosters, the alumni, the fan base. Look, and I know that they weren't having the greatest of the season, but canceling New Mexico State basketball, this is devastating to this fan base down in Las Cruces. The Columbus State Cougars, they get the win over Georgia Southwestern at the Lumpkin Center. It was a red out. They won 74-61, to and they pushed their record to 14-11 overall, 7-8 in the Peach Belt, led by Nelson Haskin with 15 points. The Carver alum, Daniel Melvin, chipped in with 14, and then they will travel up to Dahlonega to take on North Georgia this weekend. The Lady Cougars fell to Georgia Southwestern 69-61, led by Amber Boosbay's 21 points. And the Lady Cougars are 14-9 overall, 8-7 in the Peach Belt. And they will also travel up to Dahlonega to take on North Georgia. A couple more games left to go in the regular season in the Peach Belt. And then we will have Peach Belt tournament play. And as always, you can catch every single Columbus State Cougars basketball game on 88.5 with Scott Miller. The Columbus River Dragons are in action for a three-game series at the Columbus Civic Center, taking on the Delaware Thunder. And Saturday is military night. Military night is such a special time here in the Fountain City because last year, over 6,000 fans packed the Civic Center. We're expected to see a record-setting crowd at the Civic Center this weekend as the Columbus River Dragons try to fight off the Danbury Hat Tricks for home ice. Good luck to the River Dragons. You can catch them on YouTube and also here on WQEE, which is the flagship station for your River Dragons. And of course, their play-by-play announcer is Tom Callahan. You know, I reached out to Scott Brand, the general manager for the Columbus River Dragons, and I just simply asked him, can I call a Columbus Chattahoots game with Tom this season? That's all I want to do. One game. I just want to get up in the booth and call a game with Tom Callahan. Just one game. Speaking of the Columbus Chattahoots, congratulations to Carver head baseball coach Michael Long Jr. He's been a guest on the show. He is going to join Coach Steve Smith's staff as a member of the Columbus Chattahoots coaching staff. This is just an incredible honor and looking forward to seeing you at the Diamond as I went to eight Chattahoots games last year. And I've gotten to know some of the players. Brian Trepanier, he's been a guest on the show. They've got a lot of great guys. And the Chattahoots, I cannot wait until their season schedule gets released. They will kick things off probably in late May, early June. That should always be fun. And also, the Columbus Lions will be in action on May the 12th. I may have Jared Dillard on the show next week. And we're going to talk a little bit about about the Lions football season, their first year in the American Indoor Football Alliance. They will take on the South Florida Thunder on May the 12th at the Columbus Civic Center. All right, as LaGrange College wraps up their regular season, they fell in heartbreak fashion to Covenant 69-68 to on the road. And the LaGrange Panthers are 15-10 overall, 7-5 in region play. The LaGrange Lady Panthers got the win over Covenant, 69-56. And they are 18-6 overall, 12-3 in region play. 
Well, this Friday is the debut of the LaGrange College baseball team, preseason number three in the latest preseason rankings. They are taking on East Texas Baptist at Cleveland Field at Williamson Stadium. What an incredible team. I would like to try to get Antoine Prather on the show as he is very involved with LaGrange Athletics. They made a historic run last year to the D3 College World Series, and I am looking forward to seeing the LaGrange Panthers here on the Diamond. And you can also listen to the LaGrange Panthers all season long here on the flagship station for your LaGrange College Panthers WQEE 99.1. All right, this show has really flown by. I didn't really get a chance to talk about the NBA, which I'm about to get Gabe Reynolds on. I mean, the Knicks beat the Hawks 122 to 101. Jalen Brunson scored 28 points. Julius Randle scored 25. And the Hawks just can't catch a break. They can't get stops. They are now one game below 500. They've got a two game losing streak. It's not going to get any easier. They're taking on the Cavaliers, and then they're taking on the Brooklyn Nets after the All-Star break. So the first half of the NBA season is about to wrap up as we get ready for All-Star Weekend, which I always enjoy All-Star Weekend, especially on that Saturday with the three-point shootout, the skills competition, and the slam dunk competition. Although it's not the same as it used to be in the early 90s, but I still love it. I still watch it. I love watching the celebrity basketball game, too. That is always fun. And then on Sunday, it's Team LeBron and Team Giannis. All-Star Weekend. It is always great. And we also have the Daytona 500 this weekend. President's Day weekend is a very special time in sports. And I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I know I say that a lot here on the show. But I'm looking forward to the second half of the NBA season. One thing I know that the Lakers are going to play like it's Game 7 of the NBA Finals just about every single game. They did defeat the New Orleans Pelicans 120-102. to LeBron returns to the lineup. And is this too little too late for the Los Angeles Lakers as they are currently in 13th place, two games out of the play-in game? Just think about what they would have to do just to make the playoffs. They would have to get into the play-in game So if you get either the ninth or the 10th seed, the highest seed that you can get is the 8th seed. So you're going to play the number one team regardless. But they have got to win two games to just get the number eight seed. That is going to be very tough. One game tonight on TNT that I'm looking forward to, I actually think this could be a preview of the Western Conference Finals. The Clippers and the Suns. Oh, this is going to be a good game. I know that Kevin Durant's not going to play for Phoenix. But I have said all season, a healthy Kawhi and a healthy Paul George, and I think the Clippers are the team to beat in the West. Now that the Phoenix Suns have acquired Kevin Durant, I want to see these two teams go at it because I think that these are the most playoff-ready teams in the Western Conference. Look, despite their record, you have Memphis, Sacramento, and Denver ahead of them in the standings. Yes, if they meet them in the playoffs and home court is going to matter just a little bit, but it's not about your regular season. Denver's having a great regular season. These two teams are built for the postseason, so it should be a fun game. And that is the final game to wrap up the first half of the NBA season. We got XFL this weekend. Oh, man. 
I'm excited about the XFL. Here are some of the games that are going on this weekend. Let's start with the Tampa Vipers taking on the Dallas Renegades, and that is going to kick off at 3 p.m. on ESPN, ABC. Then you have the New York Guardians taking on the Houston Roughnecks. The St. Louis Battlehawks on Sunday are going to take on the San Antonio Brahmas. The Seattle Sea Dragons are taking on the D.C. Defenders. So I want to see the XFL succeed. I thought they were going to succeed in 2020, but the season was abruptly ended because of COVID. Well, I think it's about that time to bring on my guest, Gabe Reynolds. Now, I said on yesterday's show that I wasn't going to have a guest today, but Gabe reached out to me at the last minute, and I said, hey, yes, let's get you on the show, because I definitely want to hear some of your hot sports takes, and I'm still interested in producing a podcast if he ever wants to start his own podcast. All right, we'll be back with Gabe. Gabe Reynolds, welcome to the show. What's going on? What's going on? Happy to be back. Very happy that you're back on the show, because... We just had a Super Bowl going on. You know, we also have NBA trade deadline that just passed, and we also have the NBA second half coming up. We got All-Star Weekend. But let's talk about the Super Bowl first. I know that Kansas City, there's just a lot of critics saying that they did not like that uh, holding call that really cost the Eagles a chance to even come down and tie it or even take the lead i mean that was a even though it was the right call i mean it was could have been the greatest super bowl of all time i mean you you, you want consistency that's the biggest thing like they had let it go all all game and then all of a sudden you know you make that call right then and there you you, you could have one it was an incatchable ball that that was one but it also is like you know we could say that that one play decided the game, but there was a lot of things in there. But that that play right there, they could have let they could have truly let that one go. That that that's just me. I think they could have let that one go. I agree, they could have let it go. But you have a Kansas City Chiefs team that really got a lot of breaks. This wasn't an all time team. But right. Patrick Mahomes, nobody has does it. Do, nobody has done it better. Five seasons and two Super Bowls. But I got to tell you, you know who I was impressed with? Jalen Hurts. He has proven he can play in this league. Definitely. I mean, he just needed an opportunity. And once he once he got it, he took advantage of it. Uh, you know, he's come a long way from when he was at Alabama. He was just like he was known as mainly just a running quarterback. Uh getting with Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma and then getting into the league with uh, the coaches he has at Philly, um, I mean, he he really just came out into his own and led that team to a Super Bowl, and they went and got pieces to put around them. So it it truly truly worked out um, in, in in for them and for what they were wanting to do. I think uh, going forward, they got something they can build on. I think they have um, the pieces in place. And I think they can, uh, you know, they can they can make a run, a run to come back. But you know, the one thing about the NFL, it changes year to year. So you can't just say like, "Hey, we're going to automatically put them back." I mean, you know, the NFC East is always tough. I mean, nobody thought Kansas City would get there after they lost Tyreek Hill. So, you know, and, and look, they just adapted to what 
what they had around them and uh, and, and took advantage uh, of of the play that Mahomes and Magic really came into play uh, during the during the season and especially in the playoffs. Gabe, on a serious note, I have to ask you. I had you on the show a year ago, and we were talking about Brian Flores and him final lawsuit with the NFL. I think we're getting into a same situation with Eric Bieniemy. Why hasn't the Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy gotten an NFL head coaching job? This is the third year where he is a hot candidate and nobody has offered him a job. You know, it, uh, ultimately at the end of the day, I think it, it comes down to the owners. He's a, he's a really good really good uh coordinator, but we've seen does that mean he's going to be a really good coach? You know, he's he's a great offensive mind. He's won two Super Bowls now. You know, Reed even gave him credit uh, at the end of the game for the adjustments that they made in the second half. Being in charge of the of the offensive side of the ball as opposed to being in charge of the entire aspect, that's a completely different, different animal right there. And, and then we've seen it where people have come in with no head coaching experience uh, some done, some have done good, and then some have done not so good. So for him, I would say, you know, I don't want to be, I don't, I wouldn't want to be like uh, the Raiders coach Josh McDaniels, where you get your first coaching job and then you know you get fired, it doesn't work out, and you go back to where you came from only to get another opportunity. I want my first opportunity to be my best opportunity. So I, I, I like, I like him being patient because think about the jobs that come open. All the jobs that come open are like bottom tier jobs you know they're at the bottom and you're winning like i would just wait there's no rush to go be a head coach and now you gotta try to you know rob peter to pay paul to build a build build an organization you know yeah but i want to talk about your dallas cowboys was it the right (laughs) decision to fire offensive coordinator kellen moore (sighs) was he the scapegoat he was he was definitely the scapegoat he, he was definitely the scapegoat. And now uh, M- McCartney putting the pressure on him to call the plays. I think Jerry Jones just gave – Jerry Jones trying to trying to say that, you know, he didn't make a mistake. He wasn't going to get Sean Payton anyway. So I think it was we'll get rid of McCartney. I mean, we'll get rid of uh, Kellen Moore, let McCartney run the uh, – call the offense, and – and go from there. I, I I really think he just got a bad a bad uh deal in that one. Gabe, I honestly feel that the Eagles got a lot of breaks. They had an easy schedule. Their path to the Super Bowl. They had to play a depleted Giants team that was lucky to even be in the playoffs. They didn't have to face the Cowboys. And when they faced the 49ers in the NFC Championship, the 49ers didn't have a quarterback. So the Eagles, even though they played the Chiefs tough, I think it's going to be different. I think losing both their coordinators, the Eagles are going to be a one-hit wonder. They're going to be a a tougher schedule next year. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's going to be easier for them. And really, they are the team to beat in the NFC East, but the Cowboys are going to be right there. They know that they are just as good as the Eagles. The, 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 The Cowboys are going to be right there. The Giants are going to be right there. I would even argue to say that the um, the commanders are going to be nipping on their heels. Um, like I said, they really they really didn't play anybody, but 
they took advantage of they they took advantage of what was given to them. I, I can never fault uh, anyone for doing that. I mean, the NFL set the schedule, and they it was it was on them. This was the year that they had to do it, and they did exactly what they needed to do um, to get there. Now they just came up short, but they got there. They got the experience. We all know it is very hard to get back. Very hard to get back. Um, so we'll see. It may it may take a, another year or two to get there, but I wouldn't rule it out. Once we see what the schedule looks like for next year, they may they may surprise us again. They may get to the playoffs, and then depending on where you are in the seeding, anything is possible. Anything is possible. But yeah, they 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 didn't. It was a it was a weak schedule. It was a very weak schedule. And then if Purdy is healthy or Garoppolo is playing, it's probably a different. Probably the Forty ers in there over the Chiefs. Gabe, I want to switch gears because you're a basketball coach. You love basketball. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA because we have the trade deadline that passed. We got All Star mm-hmm. Weekend coming up. We got the mm-hmm. second half of the season and all these moves. I was going to ask you. Because they got on first take this morning, and they were saying, oh, if the Lakers are healthy, LeBron's minutes restriction, LeBron, A.D., and D'Angelo Russell, and Rui Hachimura, can the Lakers, I'm going to say, can they make the playoffs? Because I don't even think they can make the playoffs. They're two games out of the playing game. I think they can make the playoffs. Now, can they get far in the playoffs? No. I think they'll get to the first round. Depending on who they playing, they may upset. Um, they may they may win they may win a series, but that's it. If they win the series, it's gonna go the full series. Other than that, nah, not this year. I don't even think next year. Can they upset Denver? No, <laughs> no. There's they talks may like win a, they the may Lakers win a game get... there. So Denver, it's safe to say Denver is gonna be the number one seed. If the Lakers do sneak into the play-in game as the 10th seed, they need to win two games just to get the number eight seed. And there's talks like, oh, they could upset Denver. Like, because we just don't realize that playoff LeBron is different than regular season LeBron. LeBron is going to be on a minutes restriction now, and that's what they say. But I just think, they are in desperation mode. Every game is going to be like a game seven of the NBA Finals. 25 games left to go. I don't see it happening. I think the Thunder is improved. I think the Jazz, the Blazers, these teams are in front of the Lakers. Right now, the Lakers are in 13th place. I mean, yeah, they could get into the yeah, playing man. game, but I see an early playoff exit, even if they get the number eight seed. I, I don't see them getting there. I think, like I said, I think they'll get into the playing game, and that's about it. I don't think they will. Um, like I said, if they if, if if somebody gets hurt, they may win a series and they win it on the last. But I don't, I don't. Even with the pieces that they got in place, even with Hachimura, even with uh, Russell and uh, Mobamba and all them, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change. It's still the Lakers. One, they got they don't have depth, and that's what you're going to need in the playoffs. You look at Denver; they got depth. You look at Phoenix; they have depth now, and you added another score 
and KD. You look at Dallas. You added Kyrie to go along with Luka. You still got Tim Hardaway Jr. You got they got depth. You look at Memphis. They didn't make any moves, but Memphis is a young team. They're going to come play. You look at Sacramento. Everybody keeps forgetting about Sacramento. They're currently sitting in third place in the West. That's a team that's built. Here's the thing. If Jordan Poole can just keep Golden State where they are until um, Steph Curry gets back, that may be a team that could be dangerous and move up. I don't fear the Lakers. I fear the Clippers more than I would fear the Lakers. That's just me. Well, Gabe, tonight on TNT, it's the Clippers versus the Suns, and I believe this could be a preview of the Western Conference Finals. And now, now hear me out. A KD actually makes the Suns championship contenders because you got mm-hmm. KD, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. And then the Clippers, a healthy Kawhi Leonard. He is just as good as LeBron. I mean, you remember Kawhi yes. led the Raptors to the NBA title on his back. Mm-hmm. And they won it 19. Imagine a healthy Kawhi with a Paul George. The Clippers have depth. What do you think? Clippers, Suns in the Western Conference Finals? I wouldn't say Clippers, Suns in the Western Conference Finals, but I think um, the the games that they got remaining will be competitive. Um, Well, I think they might meet meet in in the the second round because you got to look at Memphis is still holding on to that number two seed. Memphis is still holding on to the number two seed. Sacramento. I mean, I know Phoenix is right behind them. I mean, Phoenix has got to get the number three seed, and then you got to hope that the Clippers upset Denver in the second round. Right. So I, I, I don't. I think. Um, I think. I think that'll be a, a semifinal game. Like I said, I don't think they will both make it to. I don't think the Clippers will make it to the uh, to the finals this year. But they have all the pieces in place. But can can Paul George remain healthy? Can um, the Claw? Can he remain healthy? Is Russell Westbrook going to end up over there after he completes his buyout, after the All-Star break? It's a lot of things, but right now, nobody wants to touch Russell Westbrook. He's 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 nuclear right now. He may implode a team. It's still some pieces because people are getting bought out on their contract, so they just they just announced that Kevin Love is discussing the buyout with Cleveland. You don't, we don't, we we still don't know the rest of the pieces being moved. In the West, could somebody go to the East? Yeah, but it's hard to say right now. I think Denver is a lock to go to the Western Conference Finals. I wouldn't put it past Phoenix to get to the Western Conference Finals with KD being there with Paul, with uh, Chris Paul, and get Chris Paul his first NBA championship. Gabe, I want to talk about NBA All-Star Weekend because this used to be an incredible event. I remember, because, you know, we're the same age as a mm-hmm. kid, watching D Brown get ready to pump up his Reeboks and then doing the slam dunk with a blindfold. And then when we were at Freed Harmon, remember 2000 mm-hmm. Vince Carter probably had one of the greatest dunks. Oh yeah. So it's debatable. Cause you have Jordan at the three throw line, but the, the slam dunk competition used to be just incredible. And now you don't have the superstars playing in it. The three point shootout, Steph Curry is hurt. He's not going to compete in it. Clay Thompson's not going to compete in it. I mean, I think Kevin Herter could win this, but are, do you look forward to all the events uh, during All Star Weekend, or is it just not? not the same? 
not like I used to. Like I said, I, like I said, I used to watch it, you know, religiously. Now it's like I just catch the highlights. I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna watch All Star Saturday Night. I'm also watch the Celebrity Game and the Futures Game more than I watch All Star Saturday Night. It's not, it's just not fun anymore. And we all know that. You got Team LeBron going up against Team Giannis. They don't do the East and West anymore. It's going to be a 158 to 154 game. They're, gonna, now, they're not like, going to play I deep. Do like, I do like the Elam ending, though. I will say that. I do yeah, like we did the talk Elam about that ending. last year. The Elam I ending is, like, makes it exciting. Yes. That part there, I like. I do like that. I do like that. That That's what that's the – because you know you got to win, and it's, I, I get it, they're making it for charity, but – when you get to the Elam ending, that's when they really uh, come down and play. Gabe, I want to talk about college basketball. We're approximately a month away from the first round of the NCAA tournament. It seems like nobody wants to be AP number one. For the mm-hmm. eighth time this year, the AP number one goes down. Alabama went down to Tennessee yesterday. Purdue went down to an unranked Northwestern. You have Houston that went down. Nobody wants to win it. I think the default champion – is probably going to be Kansas because they've been consistent all year. They're going to win the Big 12. They're probably going to get a number one seed. And then all that experience going into the NCAA tournament with Bill Self, they've been there before. Yeah. Although I don't see the Blue Bloods dominating college basketball like they used to because of NIL. Um, I, I love what one thing I love the, the, the transfer portal has made the parity in college sports even. NIL is is definitely definitely has an impact on it, but a lot of the, a lot of it is the portal. Your blue bloods are they're gonna be there. Might, maybe Kentucky might be the only one that gets that gets left out because of how they are playing right now. But um, you look at Tennessee, you look at Texas A and M, you you look at Alabama, you look at Purdue, you look at UConn is is making a comeback. You look at USC, you look at UCLA, you look at Washington. There's a lot, a lot of parity going on right now, which is, I think is going to make for a fun and unpredictable NCAA tournament because, you know, everybody likes to do their brackets and put it out there. This year it's going to be kind of hard to just say Kentucky's going to go here and North Carolina's going to go here. It is so much parity, and that's what I love about college basketball. It's even across the board. Last night, Tennessee coming off a two-game losing streak gets number one at home and upsets them. You got uh, Indiana upsetting Purdue a couple of weeks back in the court storming. You got Texas A&M getting ready to uh, host an angry Alabama this weekend. You got Tennessee fresh off the upset going to Rupp Arena in Kentucky this weekend. It's going to be excellent, these final pushes getting ready for Selection Sunday. Gabe, right around this time is – my favorite time as you know i call high school basketball games whether it's a public address announcer or whether they ever need me to get on uh, somebody's facebook page and call games you are the head girls basketball coach at ezel harding christian high school and i know it's gonna be a big time for you but it the state of alabama they got their first round of the state tournament this week but in georgia they're starting region tournament play is your state in region tournament play right now or did you wrap up the season already being a private so, school. So we have two divisions. We have the public division and we have the private school division. Public school division, they're starting district play this week. Private school, 
Um, we started region play this week, and unfortunately on Tuesday night, our season came to an end uh, in the first round of the region tournament. Uh, we finished the season uh, 23-6, and six, which is ac- actually a very good season for my first year. A uh, lot of firsts, first 20-win first season since 2016. First district playoff win since 2016. First regional appearance since 2016. So, you know, it was a it was a lot, a uh, lot of success. Um, I, I think um, on the public school side, you know, you got a lot of teams that um, in in the different divisions are are, are going to be challenging and, and competing for the uh, state tournament on the girls and boys side, and on and on the private school side. In my division, it's already pretty much gift wrapped for Webb uh, Bell Buckle. Um, they're playing a nationally ranked schedule. They got three. Uh, they got uh, a McDonald All American, uh, six seven, um, going to LSU. They got uh, three D one commits down there. So, and they're the two time defending state champions. So, it, it, it's it's almost gift wrap for them. Do congratulate you on having a very successful season, uh, Adizel Harding, and uh, best of luck to you next season. I know that it's really been known that you have made an impact on on these kids lives and uh just congratulations for all your uh of uh, success over there thank you thank you thank you uh, we're, we're, we're excited and taking a few weeks to just relax and uh gather myself and and, and get recharged and, and get ready for next year now i can go watch basketball games instead of having to prepare for basketball games i can go support friends and colleagues sounds like a plan well gabe i really appreciate you just being a guest taking the time out of your busy schedule to be a guest on the show once again and uh just enjoy everything that's going on in the world of sports hey man i appreciate you always having me man i always look forward to uh coming on and just know hey stay tuned coming up later on this spring the Gabe Reynolds podcast. Oh yes, by Richard Holdridge is uh, it's, it's getting it's getting close. So I cannot wait. Getting, hey, I, now that everything's calmed down, I can get ready for it. So just want everybody to be on the lookout and be on all your favorite streaming platforms. Absolutely, hopefully. hopefully. Yeah, it, it'll happen. We we are gonna make it happen. <laughs> you know that. Oh yeah. I appreciate everybody joining us once again for an incredible show. Gabe was a great guest. You hit it out of the park. Hope to have you back on soon. And I wish everybody a great rest of your day. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.